Hello, and welcome to the PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast, where we discuss books, programs, and all things library-related in Youngstown and Mahoning County. Hello, and welcome back to the PLYMC Library Anywhere podcast. I am Rhonda, and today I have a special guest joining me, and we're going to be talking about amateur radio. So let me let you in on a little secret of mine. So the radio industry has always sparked my interest. And I've always had a lot of curiosity about how the radio works, like knowing how and when to insert commercials. You know, I just find that to be very fascinating or actually just how the process works for the radio host, how they jump in and out of program segments for breaks. So, you know, I listen to this um, morning show every morning and I find it interesting when the show breaks for commercials and then the local host comes on the air for a certain amount of time. You know, she might come in to do the weather or reports the news or whatever. And then, you know, she'll say, now I'm back to the morning show. And then here comes the curious side of me wondering how all of this is done. And also, here's another secret of mine. I've always wondered what it would be like to be a radio host or a DJ. I was trying to think if I was a DJ, what I would call myself. And this is what I came up with. Are you ready? DJ Remarkable Rhonda. Bam. I think that has a nice ring for sure, <laughs> whether you agree or not. But anyway, enough about me. We're going to move on. As I mentioned, I do have a special guest joining me today. Chris Monsky, welcome to our podcast. Hello. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you for joining us today. So we're going to just kind of jump right in and get started. I do have quite a few questions that I'd like to ask you. And I want to start off, I guess, by just having you to tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, as uh, as you said, uh, I'm Chris. Um, got my name tag on today, so we're good there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, well, the amateur radio thing. Um, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. I think we're uh, about 19 years if I've done the math correctly this year. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it's it's just a hobby. It's a pastime of mine professionally. I am a trained heavy diesel mechanic and uh, industrial <laughs> maintenance guy. So. Uh, this is just something I do on the side for a bunch of fun. Oh, nice. I guess I would like for you to explain to our listening audience, what is amateur radio? And is that the same as ham radio? Yeah. Um, okay. Amateur radio, the same as ham radio. Ham's just kind of the nickname for it. It came about pretty much in the early days, back in like the 20s and 30s when this all kind of got started. But uh, amateur radio or ham radio mm -hmm. is a popular hobby and it's classified as a service by the FCC. Uh, brings people together with uh, electronics, communication. You can use ham radio to talk across town, around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, or even into space, all without internet or cell phones. Uh, it's oh, just wow. a fun, it's fun, social, educational, and can be a definite lifeline in times of need. Wow, that's interesting. Well, why would someone get involved with amateur radio? Uh, well, what I like to say is it's a hobby that holds several hobbies within it. Um, mm -hmm. I strongly believe that every person out there can find something they enjoy with amateur radio. There's things we do called contesting. There's volunteer emergency communications, brag chewing, where you can just talk to other hams, um, mm -hmm. whether it's your neighbors down the road or some guy halfway around the world, just building equipment, experimenting. Um, you can build your own radios, your own antennas, 
mm-hmm. the overall camaraderie and fellowship. Um, there's so many other popular things that you can do with amateur radio. Well, after you heard my uh, me talking earlier, and you can be truthful, do you think I would benefit from ham radio? <laughs> Well, what you were talking about is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we don't I'm, I'm, do, a, I'm going on a different level here, I guess. Yeah, we don't do uh, music. Um, that's mm-hmm. the one thing, the amateur radio service, we are not allowed to broadcast music. And all of our communications are with the intent of being two-way. Okay. So it's kind of like um, CB. A lot of people know what yeah, CB is. Yeah. You all hear the fuckers and... and this is kind of CB on steroids, I would, I guess. It's kind oh, of, okay. uh, you, you need a license to do it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot more that you can do with it. Well, can you talk a little bit about the public service aspect of ham radio? Yeah. Um, well, the biggest thing, other than just being a hobby, you can also use ham radio to volunteer your services to the local community. Mm-hmm. So uh, my group, the Western Reserve Amateur Radio Club, we volunteer our skills uh, for a couple of local events, even the narrative marathon and the Youngstown Peace Race, mm-hmm. where we set up along the course and we provide communications during the entire event to relay information about any sort of emergencies, such as like injuries, people that have drove around a roadblock, keeping track of where the runners are on the course, because usually there's no direct contact between race officials, police, paramedics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we're able to bridge the communication gap and get the information to where it needs to go. Well, that's yeah. And that's very, very important because you just never know what's going to take place. And so being able to provide that communication is very, very important. I, yeah, I believe a lot of people don't think about sometimes it's actually kind of funny. Everybody just kind of assumes that like police and fire and EMS can all talk to one another and they can't. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, we step in and we bridge the communication gap that they have and it's not always needed, but um, there are certain times that it is a very big help. And if, you know, if that's something you're interested in, you like helping your local community. Um, mm-hmm. That is one aspect of this hobby that you could definitely get into. Wow, that's really nice. And can you tell me what kind of programs or classes uh, you provide with our library? Yeah, um, we're kind of getting started. We're still kind of new at this. So uh, Mm -hmm. we've got a bunch of things coming up here. Uh, A lot of it's just some general education about what amateur radio is. If you are interested, if it's something that you're uh, you kind of like doing, we do offer uh, licensing classes and we do testing, so you can actually get your FCC uh, license. Mm-hmm. Then we also do workshops where you can come out. A few months ago, we did a workshop where we actually built our own antennas. Uh, that was a really fun day. We took just some pieces of wire and a couple of pieces of plastic for insulators and. Mm-hmm. soldered them all together and we went outside of the library and strung them up in the trees and uh, the very first contact we made was uh to a station all the way down in florida oh wow <laughs> all the way to florida yeah that was uh it was pretty interesting for a couple dollars and some supplies that you could find out in your garage and uh we were here in ohio and talked to a guy down in florida oh wow and just other presentations uh, and demonstrations. And actually, one of the demonstrations we have coming up in April, um, we're doing what's called a special event station for mm-hmm. National Library Week. But mm-hmm. um, I know one day Friday, we will be setting up down at Maine. 
in downtown mm -hmm. and we'll have a station set up there and we will be making uh, contacts all over the world mm -hmm. and we will be doing the same thing again uh, Saturday out at the Austin Town Room. Well, I know if I'm available, I may try to come. I, I mean, that just all sounds so interesting. And well, how, how often do you offer the programs at the library? Um, right now, we're trying at least once a month, something different every month. There's three different levels of licenses, so we kind of mix them up throughout the year. We're going to see if we can get some more schedules permitting. I know in the summertime, we're going to try and work something out with the uh, the bookmobile, and we're going to see if we can go and set up with them out at Lake Milton and do some more demonstrations. Oh, nice. So uh, those will be kind of fun. That, that'll be a special, uh, another special part of the hobby called Parks on the Air, okay. where you actually go to Parks on the Air registered parks. Mm -hmm activate a park and make as many contacts as you can and there's different certificates and awards that you get mm. for uh, different ways of operating. Sounds really nice and and tell me why do you need a license? Well uh, the Federal Communications Commission or the FCC mm -hmm. they regulate the frequencies that we use and also share with public safety, uh, broadcast stations, the military and other forms of wireless communication. So because of that as operators, we need to be sure we're following certain regulations. So the mm -hmm. FCC requires you to hold um, at least a technician license to uh, mm -hmm. get on get on the air. I, I see. So, you know, once you take these classes, you apply for a license. How long does it take? Is it a long process or? Uh, usually it's within about a week after you take the exam and you pass it. Um, I submit them electronically. Usually it, uh, within about a week or so, you'll get a license as long as there's no hiccups, as long as we okay. filled out the, as long as you filled out the application, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And what is the average cost to get started uh, in amateur radio? Well, to get your license uh, right now, it costs about $50. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just to get the license. And with that, the license lasts for 10 years. So if okay. you think about it that way, that's cheaper than a driver's license. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way to think. Well, that's not bad at all. So other, so then after that, the license is the most important part. Mm -hmm. And equipment is where it gets a little interesting. Like if you'd like to just talk, you know, locally, I'm talking brand new equipment. Uh, mm -hmm. You can get a pretty decent setup for $200 or less. If you'd like to talk around the world, things get a little more pricey, but still... Brand new equipment, it's about $600 okay. or less. However, uh, there are things called uh, ham radio flea markets or ham fests, mm -hmm. popular all around the country, where you can actually go and pick up uh, used gear. And if you join a club, a lot of times, uh, a mm -hmm. lot of the members in clubs will have you know used equipment and stuff that they might loan to you, give to you, or uh, you can get it at a pretty reasonable cost. So that's that's a good way to go as you know as an alternative for those who may be able to get a little cheaper or whatever but that's that's not bad at all. What kind of programs can people look for that are coming up? I know you mentioned um, the library in April and I don't know if there's anything else that's coming up that people can look for. Uh, absolutely. And uh, let me get the exact dates on that April one. So in April, mm -hmm. um, that will be Friday the 28th. We will be down at Maine during library hours. So I believe that's 9 to 5.30 on Friday, mm -hmm. uh, Maine and downtown Youngstown. Saturday the 29th, uh, same thing. We'll be there for library hours from, uh, I believe, again, that's 9 to 5.30. Yes. Uh-huh. And Saturday the 29th, we're, there's going to be a conjunction program where inside the library, we're going to be holding a, uh, 
a demonstration about what's called WinLink, where you can actually send email over the radio without internet. Oh, so, <laughs> wow. And I would uh, thought that would be impossible, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah. So that's coming up in April. Um, March, we'll go with March since that's uh, the first month we have coming up here. March the 11th, uh, we're going to be doing a youth program where we're going to kind of reach out for uh, STEM for the students, mm-hmm. where we're going to be doing uh, the history and technology of communications and kind of explaining where cell phones and text messaging and all of that came from. There's going to be a hands-on building project where you can build your own Morris code key. We're going to see about getting on the air and doing some Morris code and actually making contacts with people all over the country with it. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm sure, you know, for the youth program, kids are going to really, really enjoy that. Um, well, it sounds like you have quite a bit of things coming up and that's always good. And I'm glad we can let people know, you know, about everything uh, that is coming up. So, Chris, let me ask you, what gets you excited about instructing these programs? I'm really passionate about the hobby um, and I enjoy teaching others just the magic that ham radio can be. Mm-hmm. If- it's really fun, but it can also be a really good life-saving tool the need ever arose. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's just an extra just an extra thing to keep in your pocket in case things ever came up. Thankfully, in Northeast Ohio, not much happens here. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> occasionally, uh, hurricane season. Um, just recently, Sanibel Island. Um, I know we saw on the news that Sanibel Island was, you know, without connection to the mainland for a couple of weeks. The only way they were able to make contact with the mainland and get services and help and all that kind of stuff was amateur radio. Yeah, I just, I mean, and I'm very thankful that you're here today because, I mean, I've learned a lot just, you know, in this segment um, and how important, you know, ham radio is. So um, I've, I've learned a lot, if I have to say so myself today. <laughs> and it's it's very interesting. I know, like we just mentioned about sending email over the air, you know, without using the internet. And I'm like, what? But hey, it's <laughs> something to be learned. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so, that's part of the emergency side of it. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes you're in a disaster area and phones are gone and internet's gone. Mm-hmm. How are you going to make, you know, how are you going to have communication and amateur radio is there to fill those gaps? Oh, nice. That's nice. And can you maybe provide uh, contact information or you know, if people are interested in uh, getting started? Absolutely. Um, obviously, we can, the libraries page, if everybody's familiar with that, you can get onto the library's events calendar and you can look up there. We've got just about all of our programs posted and I know there's going to be more coming up soon on there. If you have any direct questions, anybody can feel free to contact me. Email me at kd8ely at gmail.com. I'm also available for uh, phone calls and text messages if that suits your fancy. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, my phone number is uh, 330-509-1086. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining me today. Thank you for providing the information. And again, thank you for working with our library. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for uh, helping me share the fun of this. Sure, no problem. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in and I hope you will join us again the next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us this month at PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast. Make sure to visit our website at www.librayvisit.org where you can always find more great things the library offers. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, check out our Instagram feed or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at PLYMC. You can also find us on TikTok at VPLYMC. And be sure to tune in next month for our next episode. And thanks for listening.